0: This is Bria Barthel for Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Frequent listeners will know that I love books. I do monthly interviews with uh, librarians from Troy Public Library. I talk with people from independent booksellers. And this time, I have a slightly different take on books. My guest today is Johanna Batman. Yes, that's her real name. From Shaker Heritage Society, and she's here to tell us about an upcoming short-term book club that Shaker Heritage Society is running. Johanna, welcome back to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Oh, thank you so much, Bria. I'm so glad to be here with you. And uh, full disclosure, I've taken part in two, possibly three reading clubs through through Shaker Heritage. I've been a longtime volunteer there, but I can personally attest The place is amazing to get to. We think of Shaker as architecture and furniture. The place has both of those, but it's so much more. So we're going to start off talking about the book club, and then we'll talk a little bit about Shaker's. Tell us a little bit about the structure of the club.
1: Yeah. So this program is actually funded through Humanities New York, and they develop uh, book club themes And the one that we've selected this round is called Land, Liberty, and Loss. And it's really looking at um, national history, but in particular with a focus on New York State history through the lens of Haudenosaunee history and conflict over Haudenosaunee land.
0: And there's going to be four meetings
1: with a book at each meeting. Can you preview what the books will be? Sure. We'll be starting with uh, Why You Can't Teach, United States History Without American Indians, which is actually a compilation of essays by different authors, Our Beloved Kin, uh, History of King Philip's War, The Divided Ground, Indian Settlers in the Northern Borderland of the American Revolution, and finally, Conspiracy of interests, Iroquois Dispossession and the Rise of New York State.
0: And... um... Sanctuary for Independent Media is on the unceded homelands of the Stockbridge-Munsee community, but Haudenosaunee did come pretty close to the Albany area, right?
1: Yeah. Before I moved to this region, I didn't really appreciate the extent to which this is kind of a borderland where you have multiple nations kind of converging. And I'm looking forward to learning more about that history through our facilitator.
0: Tell us something about who will be facilitating each of the meetings.
1: Yes, we're very excited uh, this round to work with Dr. Alana Krischer, uh who is a graduate of University at Albany and is a scholar of Seneca history and the history of westward expansion in New York State and conflicts over traditional Seneca lands. So she's going to bring really deep, rich knowledge uh, from a scholarly angle to this club. And I'm really looking forward to learning from her.
0: Now, Let's go back to that first book, Why You Can't Teach... Say that again? Why You Can't Teach United States History Without American Indians. So you can teach United States, but you can't really teach about sort of the, the predecessor to the United States. A lot of people live here before Europeans got here. And we tend to forget that there still are people whose roots go back a lot longer than any of us Euro-American
1: roots. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that um, all all of us are at times guilty of kind of setting up a dichotomy of before and after. So you know, there was before colonialism and after colonialism, and it's you know one chapter closed and the next one began, kind of ignoring the the ways that uh, history is interwoven and that conflicts have defined who we are as a nation and who we are in New York State. And that, as you said, that that continues today, that those histories, those lineages, those stories are still very much living. But the, the way that history uh, of the United States is classically taught doesn't really acknowledge that in its full kind of richness and complexity.
0: And this is the first time that I haven't heard of any of the books that are on the reading list. But I don't have to worry about finding them, tracking them down and buying them because you supply the books, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So through Humanities New York, they provide loan copies for sites. So I've actually put in my request. So when folks sign up, I can uh, provide them with a copy of the books uh, to, to take home and, and read on, on your own so that you can come prepared to learn and, and discuss and debate during the session
0: that's one of the things i've loved about the groups is that there is discussion about the topics and br- people bringing in their own history or their own experience or their own knowledge or 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 background continuing with the logistics
1: when are these meetings happening so we'll have our first session on march 6th and we'll have four um four books four sessions the first wednesday of each month at 6 p.m.
0: Okay, and that's 6 p.m. at Shaker Heritage Society. Give us a little idea of how to find it and where it is.
1: Sure. Uh, we are actually located directly across the street from the Albany Airport. Uh, so that's that's our major landmark. Actually, the airport was built on historic Shaker lands, uh, but we convene in our meeting house. So this is the 1848 meeting house, which is really the heart of our property today, the full historic site is 26 acres, very beautiful, kind of pastoral little oasis in the middle of Wolf Road and the airport. Uh, but this uh, kind of meeting hall, which historically was a church, is is where we'll gather for our, our book discussions.
0: And listeners, if you have not seen their meeting house, it is worth the trip just to see the architecture. Shakers are known for their architecture and furniture for good reasons, such simple designs. Their religion is reflected in the architecture, too.
1: It was a a Christian religious movement brought from England to uh, the North American continent in 1774. 1776 is when our site, the first Shaker settlement, was founded. And the Shakers came together under these uh, ideals and values of communalism, so all shared property, equality of race and gender, um, you know, as early as the 1750s, 1760s, they were preaching this and practicing it. Pacifism, uh, and uh, they also embraced kind of sustainable practices. But their their lifestyle very much reflected their core values and and their spiritual beliefs. So the buildings are all big to accommodate. This communal society. They have uh, different stairwells, different doors to accommodate men and women because they adhere to a vow of celibacy. Even so, they raised many children in their community. They have adopted and indentured children as a way of sustaining themselves as a celibate community, um, but in fact, we uh, known for their compassion and their care and a place where you could, uh, if you couldn't care for a child, know that they would be taken care of, fed three square meals a day and be be trained in meaningful work. So it was a pretty remarkable community in many, many ways and have had a lasting impact on our country through their invention and innovation, uh, as well as their beautiful design and architecture.
0: And Johanna mentioned that they came here in 1774. So there's an important anniversary coming up.
1: Yeah. And that also fed into our decision to run this program this year. So Land, Liberty and Loss is uh, in the midst of the celebrations of our 250th anniversary, kind of the parallel history that was playing out um, at the same time uh, and interwoven. So uh, the land that the Shakers settled on here, classically, we describe it as, you know, vacant. It was you know, a tenant farmer belonged to the Van Rensselaers, you know, who leased it out to to folks who could pay. But that's kind of missing the, the story of how did the Van Rensselaers come to own that land and who who came here before. And the Shakers, so well known for their craft and design, inherited a lot of, you know, knowledge from people who came before and knew these lands, knew the medicinal herbs, knew the basket weaving techniques, and all of these things we associate with shakers today have much deeper roots in other cultures that aren't always acknowledged. So that's one of the connections I'm looking to make.
0: That's great. And again, it's four different books on the first Wednesday of each month at 6 p.m. from March to June. The first session is on March
1: 6th. And how do people get the books? So you can sign up through our website, shakerheritage.org, and I will follow up with you. But folks also are welcome to reach out to me directly with questions or inquiries at director at shakerheritage.org. And
0: your organization has the easiest telephone number to remember of any I've ever seen. It's 518. 518- Four five six seven eight nine
1: zero, And I'm extension
0: one. Love that number. And that website again? shakerheritage.org. That was Johanna Batman, Executive Director of Shaker Heritage Society. And I'm Bria Barthel for Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Thanks a lot, Johanna. I'll see you on the 6th. Thank you, Bria.